I'm gonna make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Michael. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Welcome to the best movies you've never seen. This is our other podcast. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm joined by Trevor Long. You might have heard us doing our tech podcast. We have been doing those for 12 years. Wow, we're old. We're, and you know what? We're coming up to our two-year anniversary with this podcast. Two so, years yeah, of two the years. best. I've seen and some And approaching movies. 100 movies, too. Wow. We're in the, I think we're in the 90s now. How's my repertoire? Yeah, it's getting pretty big, yes. So, yeah, this is the podcast where we talk about movies, movies that I know very well and that I introduce each and every week to Trevor, whose movie knowledge is building nicely. I've got to say. It's pretty lame. And we're, we're changing it up. Do you like how sort of you have one, like an older movie, <clears throat> yeah. a more recent movie, different genre It worries movie. me a lot. Let's be clear. I'm coming <laughs> from a low base of enjoying Disney yeah. movies and then maybe getting into the odd you're, thing you're, here or there. You're a blank canvas. You're yeah, a, but, I, but but the canvas was like defined. It felt like it was a defined genre. So some of the stuff you've thrown at me yeah, has well, worried I me. I think you don't know you like something until you try it. You know, which I've been saying to you for years, like you've got to, your, your dietary, you, <laughs> yeah, you've got the diet That's a whole other podcast. But uh, I think that's that. I think that applies to movies. Yeah, and no, I think we learn that as we go along. There's been some surprises, so maybe there there'll have. be more. Today, we are looking at The Time Machine. This Otherwise is an old known as classic. Back to the Future. This is an old classic. No, well, this came well before Back to the Future. This This was released in 1960. Wow. I wasn't even born yet. Okay, that's, that's how old it remarkable. is. That's how old it is. Stars Australian actor Rod Taylor. This was his very first leading role in a film. He's George. He's George. Wow. Yeah, Rod Taylor. Aussie. Based on the H.G. Wells novel that was published in 1895. Are you kidding? That was when that novel was written. Ahead of its time, don't you think? Talking about time travel. Wild. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty cool. That match. Wow, yeah. I'm just sorry. I need to yeah. understand H.G. Wells a bit more H.G. Wells. And it was directed by George Powell. Mm. And his other movie, his other great movie that he directed was another H.G. Wells adaptation, War of the Worlds. Ah. So he's, a, he's the H.G. Wells specialist, right? Georgie Powell. Did Powell have a mate called NTSC? <laughs> no. Sorry, tech joke there, tech <laughs> joke. That's an inside uh, movie, movie joke. 
The movie was remade in 1978, would you believe, as a TV movie. So okay. the original was 1960. Yep. And it was made again in 2002 with another Australian lead actor, Guy Pearce. Really? Yeah. So there is a more a more recent version. Yeah. Do you reckon which, they chose an Aussie for the same? I don't know. Well, he, Guy, Guy Pearce, early 2000s, he was uh, pretty red hot. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about when they try to remake a classic movie. There's not one that succeeded, really? in my opinion. But they've they've, they've tried Pretty it with cool. with um, with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory fail. Planet of the Apes fail. This Time Machine, the the 2002 movie isn't bad, but doesn't right. really compare to the original one. Interesting. So you, I know for a fact you had zero idea this movie was even even existed. So what uh, did you have any impressions at all? I about legit this? thought you were talking about Back to the Future. I legit <laughs> thought you meant you that's just, coming. We'll you do were that. just like renaming it. No, I've I've seen that. My wife yeah. is I a know. massive yeah, fan yeah. of Me Back too. to the Future, right? So yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. I'd never heard of another movie that was so prominently, essentially, about a time machine. Yeah. Uh, so no, this was absolute blank slate. Yeah. Had no idea how old it was for a start, yeah. um, and you know that. That's not a that's not a place I'd normally go. So yeah, yeah, coming to this uh, with trepidation. So your only point of reference when it comes to time travel movies is Back to the Future. Spot on. Basically, it. There are yeah. a few. And, like, rem- and remember, Terminator is a time travel movie. And remember, for the listeners, I'm also yeah. not a reader, so uh, I don't have a, yeah, I've a read book. The, I've read this either, book as well. I've read I don't even have haven't yeah. even read about other books. Really short. You can read it. You can read it in a day. It's a really short novel. But, really? Yeah. But it's uh, it real. Like we'll, we'll discuss at the end. Book v movie. Excellent. The differences. There's a few. There's a few differences. Okay. This won an Oscar. Would you believe for best special effects? You know what? At the 1961 Oscars. Oh, I could have picked that mm. because there, there's some rubbish in you, it. You but look at it now. I think that's pretty but average. But, but I imagined, and we'll yeah. get to it when we unpack it. But I imagined some of it that I'm cringing at. I imagine mm. it might have been the first time that was done. You know, like there was some cut together stuff that happened. The that scene, I thought, the scenes yeah. where they sort of put in the different sky and a yes. different skyline. There, yeah, that, that was ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is your last exit before the freeway. We are going to travel through time shortly, but if you haven't seen The Time Machine, you can catch it on Fetch. There's thousands, literally thousands of movies available on Fetch, so if you're looking for a great all-in-one entertainment platform, uh, as Fetch say, the world's best all-in-one place, from streaming, Disney, Prime, Netflix, Stan, to channels like ESPN, HGTV, Discovery, BBC Earth, TLC, there's, there's a lot you can get it all. Um, free-to-air, free-to-air apps, special interests like sports. There's movies till the cows come home because there are over 9,500 movies to rent or buy on demand from the latest blockbusters to classics and family favourites. And the great thing about it is it knows and remembers everything you do. So it learns for, about you and all the things you buy, they end up in your stuff, your own digital library on Fetch. So if you like us and you love entertainment, but more specifically movies, there's no better place to catch movies than on Fetch. You can check them out at fetchtv.com.au. Okay, you've now watched the movie. It was only, yeah. what, it was about an hour 93 or so, hour hour and 33 minutes or something? So nine, I think about it was about 40, hour, hour, hour 43. Yeah, was so nine. short, short, <clears throat> yeah. right up your alley. Yep. So what are your, what are your first impressions? I was... Really nervous, mate, going okay. into this because, like, <laughs> even the thumbnail is just retro yeah, style, right? Yes, it is. Um, yeah. You know, openings. It's just, it's immediately old, and that to mm. me worries me. But I will say, I, I didn't lose interest. Yeah, you know, I, I stayed with the movie all the yeah. way through. I understood them. Like, it, it was, it yeah. was. I. This is going to blow your mind. I actually, I actually wouldn't mind reading the book now. Yeah. Knowing how old it is. Yeah. 
and that it's not stupidly long makes me think I actually now want to understand yeah. this concept of something that's well over a hundred years old oh, yeah. being written and then it was turned a, into a movie. And what yeah. I loved about this was the whole, you know, when we, when we, when we try and travel forward, like 1966 was forward. Mm. And so there was already visions of the, I love that vision of the future stuff. Yeah. Um, so well, like, it was made in 60. <laughs> so that was just a little bit further they were, in the future. But they were doing that whole predicting the future thing. Yeah. Even the then. whole, the whole nuclear um, thing. Yeah. Which is interesting. So, okay. yeah, no, I didn't. What's your, what's your tweet on this one? My tweet on this one is, um, Stephen confused me. I thought we were watching <laughs> Back to the Future, but instead we watched the time machine. And honestly, I think it's worth adding to your list. Good work. Well, I did not see this in cinemas, as you know. I wasn't born yet. But I remember too, I remember catching it on TV. I remember it was a Saturday night. Right. And I remember watching it. I think we were I think we were visiting someone. Like we you know, my and parents like throw were, the kids in front yeah, of the so TV because we the parents and, are talking. Yeah. Like I was about I think I was about ten. I remember just being absolutely just transfixed with this movie. I was so interested in it. Mm. And thinking, I've got to see this again. And then when when it you had back then, you had to wait for it to come on TV again. And then uh, so, saw it so many times on DVD. It's now on Blu-ray. It's it's a it's an old fave of mine. And do, when you, yeah. when you come across a movie like this as as a youngster, and then uh, as you watch it again, do you talk to your parents about whether or not they saw or heard of this beforehand? Because uh, obviously yeah, it's yeah. their generation. Well, really. they knew Rod Taylor. <clears throat> they're the one who's they're the ones who pointed out to me. He goes, he's Australian, Rod Taylor. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so because he was a big star back in the sixties, right? So don't forget, I didn't see this till the seventies. Yeah, so probably the late seventies, I didn't see it. And by then, he'd made, and we'll talk about it in the casting call. We'll talk about it right now. Rod Taylor, he his other big movie was The Birds. Oh, with uh, Alfred see, Hitchcock. I've yeah. seen that. And Tippy Hedren. Yeah, that was his other. So he was on a roll at that early sixties. Wow. And he made a name for himself. And he he, he most recently. He acted. He, he passed away in 2015, aged 84. Wow, but he uh, he was in uh, the Tarantino <coughs> movie Inglorious Bastards as well. Really? That, that was, so he did have that longevity in his career. Yeah, excellent. Yvette Mimo plays Weena. She's in a couple of good sci-fi films: uh, The Black Hole, uh, The Neptune Factor. She also passed away last year. She oh, was wow. aged 80. In, uh, so 2022. She, Doesn't she, that 80. just put in perspective the age of the movie, oh, yeah. though? Well, you know, six, they're, they're 63 years old. Yeah, 63-year-old yeah, yeah. movie. She was actually, when she made the movie, Yvette was actually underage. She, was, she, was, she turned 18 halfway through the shoot. Wow. And so what they did, and she, like, the, the rules of Hollywood is that you can't work a full shooting day if you're under 18. Okay. You've got to only work like a half day. Yep. But they, they worked her full day, so they kind of broke the rules a little bit. But what what they found was she was a very inexperienced actress, and the the longer the film ran, better she the got. better she was acting. And they actually went back and reshot some other scenes. So from oh, the start right. of the movie, they thought, you know what, you're heaps better now. Let's have another crack at some of these earlier scenes. And that's what they did. Interesting. Yeah. Did you recognise Alan Young? Were you? Did you ever watch as a kid, Mister Ed? You know the talking horse, horse show. Of horse, of course, of yeah. course. Um, now that you say it, was he uh, the most across Philby. the road? Philby? He was yeah. Phil. Now, now that yeah. you say it, I see it. Yeah. yeah, he was Mr. Ed. He was also, and you're a Disney fan. <clears throat> in the you know in the since the 60s and 70s, he was the voice of Scrooge in all the Disney cartoons oh, as well. Wow. He's got a great voice. Wow. That's Before we dive into the run through, let's have a chat about High Sense, and in particular, 
their mini LED technology. Brand new lighting a lot technology. More. So that, just, just to unpack that a little bit, people might not understand what mini LED is. Mini LED is the backlight technology. So basically what's happening now, the size of the backlights, the actual LEDs are microscopic. They're so small compared to what we used to have where you had button size backlights so that the lighter and darker parts of the screen were less defined. Mm. So with mini LED, you're getting that incredible contrast and the ability to have bright and dark in so many zones. There are so many dimming zones on the screen now, and that results in a better picture. And the contrast and color that it can produce is also stunning. Over a billion shades of color your high-sense TV can produce. This TV is also IMAX enhanced. Now, a lot of people might think, well, how, how can I enjoy that? There's a lot of streaming movies on the streaming services, especially Disney Plus have a few that ha that are IMAX. There are IMAX versions of Marvel films and all these oh, other movies yes. where you're seeing more, a fan, not less. This is going to introduce you Absolutely. to something new. Not only that, you can you can the IMAX enhanced is another great feature, but you can, the the TV has sensors that can actually adjust to your lighting conditions. So if you if you have a bright room or a dark room, the TV can sense it and adjust the brightness of your of the screen yeah. to give you the better experience. It also has Dolby Vision IQ on board and HDR10 plus. So they're the two HDR technologies. So the picture is looking amazing. But you know what? We don't just watch movies on the TVs. We also love to watch sport. I know I do. So they do have auto sports mode, and that's got the 200 smooth motion. Now, people ask, why do I need that? Well, what that does, that's a technology that smooths out the action. So because objects move really quickly across the screen, sometimes the TV can't keep up, and there's like a blur, a smudge motion, behind the yeah. player. So with the smooth motion... That, that smooths all of that. So it's a really – even even the, if in fast-paced action films and sport, it really does make that picture even brighter, even even clearer. And, of course, if you're a gamer, the best screen in the house will be the Hisense with Game Mode Pro. You can run HDMI 2.1 at 4K. So 4K games at 120 hertz. Virtual – the variable refresh rate as well as the auto low latency mode, these all add up to an amazing gaming experience. So all up, if you're into your sport, into your movies, into your gaming, a Hisense TV is what you should be looking at. Do yourself a favor, head down to a store, stand in front of one, decide for yourself. You can hear us talking about it, but if you uh, want to find out for yourself, you'll see the quality in person. Get down to a store or check them out, hisense.com.au. Now, shall we begin? Fire up the flux capacitor. Oh, no, sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> wrong movie. <laughs> well, it starts off on <clears throat> New Year's Eve. 1899. So the, we're the eve of a new century. It made me immediately yeah, remember think, 1999. Hey, yeah. so, so this is a 60s movie, but now we go, yeah. do you know, like it immediately made me go, wow, this is kind of like today watching a movie that's set in the 70s. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Like it's, well, so, six, yeah, so 60 years. Yeah, so 60 years. It'd be like watching in, watching today a movie set in the 60s. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, isn't that weird to think it about? Is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's actually not that far-fetched no, to isn't. do that. No, it isn't. You know, like a Mad Men TV show. You know, yes. that was kind of set way back when. Was that in the 50s that's more or like, 60s? No, I yeah. think that was the 60s was or 70s, 60s, wasn't it? Yeah, 60s. But, like... Even mm. though the 1899 is so old, it was so well done and represented for that Absolutely. very reason. Now, we see that uh, men are gathering for dinner. 
Uh, we find out all these, these, these were there four guys? Four, and they're sitting in a room full of, of clocks. Waiting, full of clocks. Tick, now, tick, that, tick, did tick, that, tick. Remind, that remind you of the beginning of Back to the Future too, didn't it? The first uh, scene of Back to the Future is exactly like that, where I, Marty comes in and all the clocks are on the wall. I don't remember that. Do you yeah. remember? And he's got these, he puts his, connects his guitar to the amp, and then all the clocks t- turn 8 a.m. and... That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. No. I did. I sort of. I, I'm thinking there. Yeah, it's a very similar type but scene. There, it's, that's it's, probably Back to the Future lifted it from this one. That was probably a nod. I would yeah, have thought. I'd to say this, so you know? too. Absolutely. So uh, what what stood out to me here was the the formality, the gentlemanly approach. Yep. You know, very it's very hard to very like, Downton Abbey. Kids type, watching yeah. this today would be like, why are they like this? And, and it's like dressed up. That's yeah. how you are. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a, it was fascinating. So the the housekeeper was there, and the host, of course, wasn't there. So we find out. They were George complaining about him. Thing, uh, he said he was going to be here at eight, eight, eight p.m. And uh, his own bloody house is not and there. I liked how the guy said, "He goes, are we going to have dinner or not?" And yeah. The housekeeper <laughs> said, well, "Let's just have dinner." And then she says, "Dinner is served." Yeah. And they uh, they start dinner, and then suddenly George appears. All ragged, his clothes are dirty and shirts torn. Yeah, like and he'd not just been, like, like he'd been in an explosion to me. Yeah. So he, he had, I think he sat down and he goes, Oh, give me some, I need something to drink. And, and they he gave takes him a wine, wine and, and gets straight yeah. into it. And uh, he, he kind of tells them what's happening and he, he dabbles, he, he sort of give drip feeds them what what he's got in mind before he tells the story. I love how the the end is the beginning. You know what I mean? How, no, and let yeah. me let me let me address that straight away because I actually absolutely love the way it was sectioned. Yeah, because it, it did a little bit of back and forth to start with to give you mm. the understanding of of time, but then it was a whole period of time and then a re, re, reset. Go yeah. back to back to the start. So. Yeah, I really like that. Well, can't you speak, man? What happened to you? Why aren't you Leave him alone, it? can't you? Oh, it's all right. I've got to tell it now, David, while I still remember it. Relax. Try to relax. You've all the time in the world. You're all right, David. It's exactly what I have. Hmm. All the time in the world. Ever since we were together five days ago, it's the last day of eighteen hundred ninety-nine. So that was kind of the the little teaser, and then he then goes and tells his story. Yes, and the story is yeah. essentially the, yeah. the 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 movie with these bookends, and I mm. yeah, I really like that that kind of approach. So mm. the, the the thing as he goes into this kind of invention oh. yeah. situation, so is, he gets he gets changed and he's yeah, he's, he's dressed up properly again. Or was that? Well, is no, that this is that, a flashback. This is the you're the immediately previous. going back yeah, yeah. five days. Yeah. So you're rewinding five yeah, days correct. straight away. Yeah. So he's now very formal. He's dressed yeah. like the other blokes, and they're in the same place. They're yeah. in the same room. He brings out this crazy invention. But what I, what, what I love before he even gets to what the invention is, they start talking about the fourth dimension. Yeah. And I'm a massive fan of how it was described because I thought to myself, oh, I, that's exactly how I'd describe it from now on. Oh, that's mere theory. No one really knows what the fourth dimension is or even that it exists. <laughs> On the contrary, Doctor. The fourth dimension is as real and true a dimension as any of the other three. In fact, they couldn't exist without it. What do you mean? Well, let's take that box. It has the first three dimensions, as you said. Oh, all right, but what's in that box? I'm coming to that. Let's consider this first. Why is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? because we have no freedom of movement within it. You see, we can move in the other three. Up, down, forward, sideways, backward, as the doctor said. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners. 
Nicely so explained, don't you reckon? Yeah. So yeah. the bit the bit that I loved about that scene was not just the doctor doing the up down jump forward, yeah. but it was the you, you explain it. No, no, you explain it. It was like, <laughs> oh, hang on a minute, does no one actually understand? Yeah. But uh, no, I, I thought that was really really cool. But what about then? He opens up that little box, a very fancy box. Oh my there, god, really? what fancy, about the, yeah, the plush. bloody velour plush <laughs> interior? Yeah, and he, it's got this crazy. No it looked to me. My first impression was it was like you know those um, Florida Everglades um, hover. Uh, like jet boat things with a big, yes. big, yes. Uh, big <laughs> fan on the back. Yeah, it did look a bit like That's that. what it looked like to me. I'm thinking yeah. it's, a, it's a cross between Santa's sleigh yeah. and some sort of Florida Everglades right. yeah, fan the big, thing. The big fan, yeah, like the hovercraft. But it was, it yeah, was yeah. It, he described this thing, um, you know, and he described what it was meant to do, but you, you're fascinated by this beautiful little model. Can man control his destiny? Can he change the shape of things to come? Oh, now, look here, George. If you've gone out of your head, I forgive you. But if you've made us waste all this time listening to you uh, talk so much... No, 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 Doctor. You're here as witnesses. To see, not to listen. To see? What? The experiment I am about to perform. First, let me tell you how it works. Here in this compartment, you see the saddle where the time traveller sits. And in front of him are the controls. Uh, wait, let's do this properly. You can... Spare a cigar, I trust. He doctor. grabs the cigar and makes it the shape of a person. Now, let us imagine that this cigar is the time traveler. Now, in front of him is the lever which controls movement. Forward pressure sends the machine into the future. Backward pressure into the past. And the harder the pressure, the faster the machine travels. Of course, our little experiment can be performed only once. If it succeeds, I lose my model forever. That's why I need witnesses. So that he, he kind of explained the concept. He explains the concept. Yeah. He, he's he's revealed that this is a time machine. It's a time machine. It's, and it's not a only is version. it a miniature, like yeah. you know, I've got a model car that doesn't work. Yeah. But this is apparently yeah. a working model, working model yep. of a time machine, which he has never flicked the switch on. And yeah. he's adamant. Well, that's why he wanted the witnesses. He's adamant he that he wants it. witnesses. Yeah. He said, remember, he said, I want you to, uh, you're not here I don't to listen. Here, listen. You're here to yeah. see. Yeah. And uh, he performs the experiment. I'll be damned. It worked. Where did it go? Go? Nowhere in the usual sense. It's still here. But, but, but it's no longer in the present. Do you realize? It's traveling through time. To the future, to be exact. Do you really expect us to believe such a story? Will you, will you just... Certainly. But you yourself just said that it hadn't really moved. That's correct. Well, then why can't we see it? Because we're in this room on the 31st of December, 1899, but the model we just saw is perhaps a, a hundred years away by now. Th this room, even this whole house, may not be here in a hundred years. That, that, I remember the first time I saw that. And just just getting your head around it, that, that blew my mind. You can, yeah. you can literally think, yeah. you can hear yourself think at this point because yeah. you go, okay, so now I'm not just hearing this fourth dimension explanation. I'm now understanding that it's yeah. sitting there, but it's in a different time. Da, da, da. Yeah. Now, let me tell you my biggest disappointment in this movie mm. is that we never saw that again. So The if, little model. Yeah, if I was... He could have looked for it. Well, <laughs> so he, You would have known where to look. Right now, yeah. at this point of the movie, yeah. I'm thinking, 
okay, so they're going to stand around for five minutes and let it reappear. Uh, like I assumed yeah. that what he would have done was rig the little lever to go. He okay, just pushed it forward. Yeah. Push it. So what happened is now well, later on you, you see how the lever works. It's yeah. just it's continually going yeah. forward. But what he needed was for the lever to drop back down quickly afterwards, yeah. so that it just skips forward. So it's like five the, minutes. It's the Back to the Future minute into the future. That's right. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that to mm. me was exactly what I expected to have okay. happen. Which right. was it, it's not but, a disappointment but, in the movie. Yeah, it's yeah just, I understand. I think it's a missed opportunity to to reinforce his yeah. demonstration. But okay. I guess that helps create the doubt in the mind of those people around. Absolutely. Him, which well, is it required did, it for did the disappear. Movie. So in his mind, it did work. Yes. So uh, the, I don't think the other guys were really convinced. They're all like, like it, it, they thought he was a, like a magic trick he yeah. just performed. They yeah. didn't know that it was into the future. I like how now everyone, you assume everyone's gone. Well, and, no, I didn't. Yeah. I saw, like I saw three of back. them leave. Yeah, yeah. I knew Philby was still in there. And then yeah. old mate George comes back in, starts doing like starts admin something. work, like yeah, he's yeah. going to write a, write a note. <laughs> And no, that's what he was doing, right? And then oh, Philby yeah. is still there. I'm like, mate, <laughs> Philby's still here. He didn't say goodbye to him. What do you yeah. what do you think's happened here? I think well he's the, that reveals <clears> to me that they're close friends, they're good mates. Yeah. And that um he obviously knows of his he's he's a scientist and he, he talks about it. he asks him, What's what's this obsession with with time? Will you answer me one question, honestly? Yes, I'll try. Why this preoccupation with dying? Why not? Don't go simple on me, George. All right, if you want to know the truth, I don't much care for the time I was born into. Hmm. It seems people aren't dying fast enough these days. They call upon science to invent new, more efficient weapons to depopulate the Earth. And I agree with you. I agree, George. But here we are, and, and we have to make the best of it. You may have to. I don't. So it's the, This that, is the point where you start realising this H.G. Wells bloke yeah. is some sort of savant genius something. Yeah, because a great writer. So yeah. much of what happens here extrapolates. Yeah. In, Not all of what happens so, in guess, the movie happens ah, in the book. That's right, the yeah. book. The book is... Yeah. is one version, but the movie has to because oh, I was going to ask about the. I'll leave it. Stuff. I'll leave it okay. to the end. Just so, yeah, yeah, yeah. just so we can go through it. Gotcha. I'll, I'll leave it to the end. What was in the book and what wasn't. Yeah. But now we're at the point where he, he, everyone's he, left. He's thinking, "Well, stuff it. I'm going to have a crack." He, he just yeah. you can you can he kind ma- of he makes his mind. It's up. just him. There's yeah. no uh, yeah. script. There's no words. Mm. But you can tell he's gone. You know what? Bugger it! I'm going to go. Yeah, that's essentially what he said in his head. I'm going to do it. And uh, uh, that, that, and then we first also—that's the first time we see the full size machine. Yeah. So did you think that he'd built a full size yep. machine? Did yep. you know that? Oh, I was pretty confident did that you? he was okay. ready to go because that was the big I, surprise to me too. To, first size. But to be it. honest, yeah. he's just—we've—we've we've seen that he's recovered from something. So yeah, of course. I yeah. guess I assumed yeah. that it of was course, there. of course. But it was it was good to see the the, the larger one Epic, in the flesh. Yeah. He climbs in, and I like. Did you like how he gets the lever? He goes, "Oh, he needs to needs to uh, yeah, grind he it does a little some bit." Really <laughs> basic Just little little polishing work on it, <laughs> and then he screws it in, and uh, and off he goes. No change. Everything exactly as it had been before. But no, the clock said six thirty one when I started, and now it was eight oh nine. Yeah. And the candle, shorter by inches. And yet by my watch, which was in the machine with me, only a few seconds had passed. So I really loved that moment because 
It gives you the immediate doubt that this thing doesn't work. Yeah. But then it instantly gives you reference points for how this is going to play out. Yeah. And, you know, simple things like if it's in the machine, it doesn't. It stays uh, in that It time. stays in, yeah. in, in, doesn't in move the time. time. Yeah. Um, gives you the opportunity to think about things like mm. the clocks. And so the, it moves and the in space. It moves in time, not space. Yes. So it's in that same and, spot. And so I'm immediately now thinking, because I'm a bit of a nerd for that whole idea of time <laughs> travel and, and, you know, space. Yep. It, I'm thinking, dude, if you travel through time, how do you know that house is going to be? Like I started yeah. thinking that instantly at well, that we point. we find that out, don't Because we? that's yeah. the biggest yeah, risk, yeah. I think, to time travel is it was, when you yeah. end up just appearing in front of someone. Yeah. That, that's just Absolutely unusual. right. Well, well, we do get a demonstration now. He, he decides, okay, let's go. I'm going to push the lever even further. And uh, he's off into the future. Help me. Well, what are you doing? Going to a masquerade party? So it's 1917. <laughs> you look rather silly without your moustache, old man. Were you addressing me, sir? Philby, it's George. Well, I must say, I expected a little more enthusiastic a greeting. I think you're confusing me with my father, sir. Yes, there was quite a resemblance. I'm James Philby. Was. Were you a friend of father's? Yes, sir. Yes, I've been away. He was killed in the war. A year ago. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. What about the gentleman across the street? Oh, oh, him, the inventor chap. He disappeared around the turn of the century. Look here, if you're interested in that house, sir, I'm afraid you can't buy it. Can't even get inside. Why is that? Well, my father was executor of the inventor's estate, and father just refused to liquidate it. I often chided him on that account, but he felt positive the owner would return someday. That's that was awesome. a nice that scene. That is such a great scene. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a tearjerker yeah. because you realise his mate, sadness. his mate said, look, he's going to be back one day. He can't express his deepest sadness because mm. he can't give away the game. He's, yeah. he's, at this point, he's not wanting to do that. Um, it also immediately makes... George realised that Philby believed. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't believe on that day, but yeah. probably he believed. Absolutely. Just, Did just, you like just how he mistook him? He goes, Philby. <laughs> yeah. And he, because he never had a moustache. And earlier in the movie, he refers to his little boy. Yes. His son. Yeah, he says right, he's got a son. That's right. Yeah. But I, you mentioned the movie getting an Oscar for special effects. Yeah. I would have given this one for makeup. Yeah, they, did yeah. a, they did a good he job did a really with Philby in, yeah. in a couple uh, of scenes. And in the costumes, not so much, but makeup, pretty good. Yeah. But the. The what, what that see how he says oh he went missing around the turn of the century yeah. that to me I whenever I hear that line I think back to Back to the Future right Back to the Future Part Two yeah where the biggest plot hole in the movie is, is when no he one... jumps in the DeLorean in 1985 mm. and goes into the future he sh from that point on he should have been missing for 30 he... years yeah right you know what I mean like that's a okay. big like see how he jumped in the time machine yeah and he guess he went missing because he he was he that's, went he went yeah that's he wasn't that's... around. Yeah, that's the effect so on he, time. So he jumped to this point. So to him, that was like two minutes. To to everyone else, that was seventeen years. Yeah. So he's yeah. It's, no, uh, it's that's what I respect about it. It respects the convention of the, the time. time continuum. Yeah, it, it, he respects it. Yeah, yeah. That that is probably one of the one of the yeah. good best scenes. That's in the movie, sensational. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
And well, I, I like his sort of. Uh, is this where his house? The house was boarded up, wasn't it? It was just when he boarded up. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets out, but then he decides, okay, let's see where else we can go, and he decides to head a little bit further into the future. This time to 1940. The last time I have stopped was in 1917, 23 years ago, and the war with Germany was still waging. Now in the air with flying machines. Then I realised the truth of the matter. This was a new war. Uh, I decided to push on into time and see the outcome of this. Yeah, I think so he, he basically realized, realized, yeah. realized. I, I think initially he thought it must have been the same war, but mm. then he realizes, yeah, it's there's a different yeah. war happening. Well, and I, so you're getting the theme of the movie so far about the war, war. It's, it's war. It's all the, the negatives time. Of, of human society. Yeah. This is the. I mean, a memory at the start he mentions he goes that they're inventing new ways to kill people and uh, that. I think yeah. that is the thing that distracts you from the age of this movie. Yeah. Is frankly the themes. Could be yeah. pulled off if this was brand new today. Absolutely, like you get yeah. different, different. Again, it would just be whatever's different from the book to this. Yeah, it'd be different from this to now. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember the book was written in eighteen ninety five. Okay? That's what so I'm saying. So just so, cluing you but, from but, that. But imagine now. Yeah. Imagine now making this movie for the first time. Oh, yeah. Off that book. Yeah. You would you would put different disasters and things yeah. in. You know, they would be so doing that, climate change or whatever. So I yeah. think I think the thing is, it, this this movie makes you think definitely a lot. Yeah. So that that would clue you in that the book was written in eighteen ninety five, yeah, before the wars. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's the thing that's that, that's made up in this. For well, the, that, for that's this what movie. they've added. Yeah, yeah. But uh, George decides, you know what? Onward and upward, he uh, decides to head further. This time, he's heading to nineteen sixty six, and bumps into Philby again. Haven't we met somewhere before? Mm. Indeed, we have, Mister Philby, right there, many years ago. I was sure of that, but the exact time escapes me. It was two wars ago, 1917. Now I recall the chap who inquired about my father and the house that used to stand across the way. Oh, no, no, that's impossible. You haven't changed. You're not a day older. And your clothes! Don't, don't worry, Philby. It'll take a little time to explain, but you see... It's the last alert! Hurry! Hurry! No, but listen, this is important. Look. That was good. I mean, I, I hated his costume, but that's the only thing I hated about it. <laughs> the but... costume was from... Because the film Forbidden Planet was made just a few years before this, right. so the costume that he's wearing is actually worn by the the, the people in that in the oh, characters really? in that film. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you think, yeah, I've but, seen that before. <laughs> um, they recycled it, made in the studio. Because this, but it's kind of, um, yeah. Again, it's that whole they've gone. This is the fun part because it's 1966. It's it's only six years bef- after the movie's being made, but they put that yeah. fully futuristic look into yeah, it. Yeah, it looked looked yeah. a bit bit futuristic. Yeah. and and. You hear, of course, it's all nuclear fear of nuclear attacks, yes. and I think it even said, "Look, the nuclear, the, the, it's it's the the orbiting." There's a bit of disbelief goes on here because oh, yeah. a nuclear bomb is clearly dropped. There's a lot yeah. of instant destruction, but George somehow just by lying on the ground, he's okay. That but, is uh, yeah. one of the plot holes. When yeah. the bomb drops and everything else goes uh, kablooey, he's uh, he <laughs> seems fine. He's okay. <laughs> but did you notice the house is missing? He's yes, gone. He's but gone. there was a plaque. There was there. a plaque there yeah. dedicated to, was, to to both George to, and his father, to George and to Philby. Philby, yeah, yes. that's right. So right. So the nuclear attack has started. George decides. You know what? 
He's going to escape. Now, this is what really made me laugh a little bit. The nuclear attack, suddenly there was lava everywhere. Yeah. You that? Was there a volcano around? Or? Well, <laughs> no, but no. I'll, so I'll, the earth ripped open and the lava was pouring no, out. No, so I'll say there was, a, there was a line in it that said, you know, it said something like man-made and Mother Nature had her own thing yep. to say kind of thing. Yeah. Which oh, I was okay with that. So when he so he jumped <clears throat> at this point with the lava, he jumps into the time machine, goes into the future, and he's a, he's cocooned by rock. So the he's mm. he's which v- surely is yeah. also a plot hole because it is now. Why, why it, would the cocoon be well, there? It, it, he he the, the lava covered the time machine, so he's thinking, well, I've got to just go into the future until this all erodes from around him, yeah. right? That was a little trick that the filmmakers used. They they decided. If we trap him inside a cocoon from 1966 to the his next point, that's going to save us having to show all the changes outside. You yeah, remember, yeah. remember in, the, in the dresses, early on, yeah, the, the dressmaker yeah, the dresses was changing. Were the passage of time, and yeah. you saw the buildings <coughs> being built. Which, by built. the way, was very funny because yeah. it was it was an expose <laughs> on on women's fashion. Yeah, it was right. The, it was the, the coming the of times. age and all that kind of thing. It was Absolutely. it was pretty cool. I thought that was well so done. So that that was a little a, a way they thought. Well, you know what? It's easy. Just keep him in a yeah. keep him inside a cave for a little bit, and we don't have to build all that <laughs> other stuff. So in his final stop, though, he this amazed me. Yes, he stops in the year. Eight hundred and two thousand seven hundred and one, which is insane. Way, way, way into the breaking future. news: climate change activists are still around. <laughs> Thousands of centuries had passed, but the Earth had stayed green. There was no winter, no wars. Had man finally learned to control both the elements and himself? I had to stop and find out. And when he stopped and he actually fell out of it. Yeah. Did you notice the date that he stopped? It was, it was oh, 802-701, but the date was October 12. Why is that significant? That was the date that Columbus discovered the new world. Ah, yeah, October 12, whatever that was. Okay. So they that was like a little nod nice. to this being the new world for, his, for his time. Now he's he's in this. He gets out of the time machine. You see, it's it's actually quite lush and green. Yes, and I think he sees like a a, a destroyed, an abandoned building. Yes, like the goes dome. in there, yeah, and, and nothing, it's all laid out. Nothing There's to food do. Food laid out. Yeah, and fresh food too. Yes, There's it's like not fruit. It's, it's not all like, rotting. Yeah, like so. the banana I've got here is looking worse <laughs> than they had in there. So yeah, he thinks okay, there are these, there's somebody around, but they're also unusual. Yeah, it's all like oh, he's, yeah. he's oh, noticing in his walk. He's noticing unusual flowers, unusual yeah. everything. And Absolutely. the filmmakers, by the way, use yeah. a very small area for this because there's yeah. a lot of he walked there already, but yeah. just in a different direction. Kind oh of yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't have a massive set, but um, he sees he, he's looking around and he hears like sounds of, yeah. of people. He, he, he uh, finally and, gets like his yeah. eyes lured up because he hears people. So this is man's future: to bask in the sunlight, bathe in the clear streams and eat the fruits of the earth with all knowledge of work and hardship forgotten. Well, and why not? So we've seen now, <coughs> did you notice the, the people that he saw were all blonde, all had the same haircut, yes. all young. Yes, and all dressed very similar. The woman falls in the river. She's drowning. And, and no one, no one, no even one cares. Flinches. No one Don't even looks even at her. Don't even flinch. Yeah. And and what does what does our man George do? Dives and rescues he her. dives in and saves her. So there's a couple of things there. So um, firstly, by the way, with all his talking, I've, at a couple of times I'm thinking, 
So is this him writing a diary? But then you remember it's him telling the story to the other yes, four guys, right? Yes. So most of obviously they're leaving out some words, but it's a yep. it's a great way of executing the narration versus the kind of yeah. fourth wally style. So it's hap- it's happening, but he's, <clears throat> he's also talking retelling through it. the story. Yeah, yeah. he's he's commentating and, on his own story. And so in this whole moment, he gets this really weird sense of these people because yeah. no one gives a care in the world. Yeah. He gets angry about it too. Because remember earlier he refers to and goes, oh, would well, they just bask in the sun and just don't care? Yeah. Not a he's care making in the world. assumptions and then suddenly. Oh, well, so be it. But then when he sees that, he's horrified. Yeah. Now, as they, as they all, I think they all get up and head back to the dome Remember where yeah. he saw the food. And this is where he meets the woman who, who he rescued. She came back early. out with his jacket. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, and she then, they stop on the steps and have a chat. Why did you? Why did I what? Come after me? Sit down. I did it to save your life. That doesn't seem to mean much to you or anybody else around here. It doesn't. Do you realize there are about 20 of your friends watching you drown? Not one of them so much as lifted a finger to save you? It's a very curious attitude. Very curious world. Uh, Aren't you the least bit interested in, in who I am? Where I come from? Should I be? I think perhaps you better take me to somebody a little older. Somebody I can talk to. There is no one older. You mean nobody ages in this land of yours? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it becomes because you're thinking, okay, so there's some genetic engineering that's mm. gone on. It reminded here. me, and you've never heard of this movie either. It reminded me of a movie called Logan's Run. Okay. Starring Michael York, sci-fi film where the society you don't live to be you don't live to be older than thirty. When you're thirty, you die. They keep everything young, and that's what it reminded me of. That As that's a whole other die new movie. Or they kill you. They kill you. It's like a ceremony, and you die. When you're 30. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Michael York is in it. Not a bad movie. Jesus. But uh, it reminded me of that. I'm thinking everyone's young. And that's the same with yeah, Logan's right. Run. Everyone's yeah. young. But what we find out is her name is Weena. Weena. And uh, he introduces himself as George. We also find out she can't read. There's no yeah. writing. No. Like, she doesn't learn. There's nothing doing. No. But when <laughs> when they get into the dome, and he, I think he sits down at a table, and George is curious to find out how society works. And... He's, I think, surprised by the. There's like this apathy to them. They, they, they think, yeah, they're they just don't care. The complete. They just disregard. live. They're just living. Yeah, yeah. And then I think one of the one of the little young one of the young guys next to him, he tries to strike up a conversation and tries to find out more. Perhaps curiosity has died. Perhaps even courtesy has died. But I have come a long way, and I would like to know a few things. Why? Well, because sir. Uh, I shall return to my time, and and my people will ask me questions. Oh, such as a, well, what kind of government rules your world? We have no government. Well, you must have a, um, a body of men who pass and enforce laws. Laws? There are no laws. There are no laws. They're very... That's... Imagine there's oh, laws, there are no <laughs> laws. laws. Yeah. Just gonna talk. I just want you to talk in <laughs> really vacuous, monotone. Though, yeah, yeah. Evacuous. That's yeah, a really yeah. good word yeah, because yeah. they they look. So I started thinking, okay, this is a cult. Um, yeah, but it was also. Know. 
I thought too because it was it was made in the sixties that this was kind of like a almost like a, a commentary on the youth of the day, you know, right. like hippies and how they yeah really, you, could, you, know, you could mistake it, it, it for was, hippies, you yes. know what I mean? Like it was made in the, in nineteen sixty, yes, so this is at that peak time hippie. it's coming into that. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's just the thought I had. But, yeah, that was um, interesting. I like how George then asks to see. Goes, do you have any books, books but history? Like, what can I see? Because what's really interesting yeah. is we've established that they don't read or write because George yeah. wrote her name. She didn't understand it. So yeah. him asking for books seems. Like strange, yeah. given they don't read or write, but he does take him to uh, essentially a library. Thousands of years of building and rebuilding, creating and recreating, so you can let it crumble to dust. A million years, the sensitive men dying for their dreams. For what? So that was, remember he went, he, he was opening the book and turned the page and it crumpled in his hand and the whole book just disintegrated. So it's, it's, it was, and you know, 800,000 years old, the book. So, what I want to know is the prop of that because yeah. it looked amazing. Yeah. Like he was holding a legit book, but how could but it, it he was, he was able to crumple a page just yeah. like dust and then push away a whole bookshelf? Yeah. I really like that from the a whole thing prop just, and just, set scene. Just turned to dust. Yeah, but you know, well you know, the. The comic collector in me thought, wow, oh, that'd be worth some money. That's 800,000 years old. You sure but the comic collector the in condition didn't, didn't go, condition. what do I need to do to maintain my Phantom <laughs> yeah, comics? Exactly right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, bag and board. Do you not mate. research, in, you know, the, I mean, the I do. humidity, no, climate well, control what, requirements? What you're supposed to do, this is what you do, you have it in a acid-free bag. Yep. Right. That's all my comics. You put one of those with little silicon things in it that, no, that you no. get in electronics? Okay. No. Just you check just it. put the board to keep it flat. And then in an acid-free bag, and that way it doesn't like you know the those spots that appear on old paper. Right. That's like an oxidation sort of of the paper. Okay. So yeah, remarkable that it even These lasted. These people did not collect comics. Years. They no, didn't have. They, if they had them bagged and boarded, they'd be fine. Well, but you know what? I'll just say this: that they were sat, so they weren't touched. Yeah. That's probably why you could account for that, because that's why as soon as you touch yeah. them, they turn to dust. Pause button time here. Did you yeah. just notice the book that he was looking at? No, I did not. The book that he that crumples to dust is The Marvelous Career of Theodore Roosevelt, written by Charles Morris in 1909. Interesting, because... So that would, he wouldn't, that would, that he was would, in the future even for him. Ah, oh, that was in the yeah, future yeah, even yeah. for yeah. him, yes. Because yeah. right. he remember he... Of course, and the yeah. filmmakers can only do so much in yeah. terms of building history. Yeah, yeah I got but that. But also he mentioned, when he's having his rant there, he goes, oh, a million years... Hmm. Because I think he he it was eight hundred and two thousand that he was in, right? Mm. So you he's assuming that there was two hundred thousand years BC before. So it's a, a million years he'd spoke of. Remember he mentioned yeah, a million yeah. years because he's in the year eight hundred two seven. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That's that's pretty. Now how do you fit that on a calendar? You know we've it's got normally pretty four, tough. Yeah, four yeah. numbers in a year. There's hey, six. When you're when you're signing a check, what do you write? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh one. What do you do? You have to put seven oh one two seven oh one. That's that's. I don't think there's too many banks around there. No, at, I don't think at, so at the either. Time. Yeah. But this is where he goes back and he finds he goes back to his time machine. Yeah. And it's gone. He discovers tracker marks yeah. leading into this huge into the temple building. thing. Yeah. Which has got a sphinx on top. Yeah. Bored it up. You can't. You can't touch it. You can't get in. Yeah. But you know that someone's taken. Someone's it's stolen his time machine. Yeah. It's it's gone between these big steel gates, and uh, he's out. This is at night now. So this is after the meal. He's after he's disintegrated all the books, and he's sort of wandering around during the night. But did you notice? Sort of there were sort of noises, and and through the bushes, he sort of saw these figures. Mm. Did you see that? Yes. You could. There was this. Yeah. Subtle obviousness that something was Something's around. there. Yes. And he's thinking, well, and I like how he reaches around the corner and 
you think he's going to grab one of these people, but it's Weena. Yeah, Weena has actually come back out. To him. Yeah, and she uh, she then tells him about the Morlocks. Weena, what what are you doing? I heard you pounding. I came to warn you. Weena, how do you open that panel? No one opens it. Only the Morlocks. The what? <laughs> the Morlocks. Well, who are the Morlocks? They give us the food we eat and the clothes we wear. We must obey their command. Why have they taken my machine? Well, you've got to tell me. But it is night. We mustn't be out in the dark. Only little children are frightened by the dark. So that's the first reference to them. We haven't seen them yet, by the no, way. No, no. We haven't no. heard about them. But you, well, you sort of it's like your first reference in the bush. to okay, someone's given you clothes. Someone's, yeah. yeah. So there's like a now you sort of got a better picture of sure. The there's society. no government, but there's well, there is a now some a, a, someone who some gives sort. you things and yeah. And, but you know, yeah. yeah. Again, how do you pretend to imagine this? But I mean, you've got freedom to do whatever you want, and you get to eat. But do they? Like, they're not. I don't think they're smart enough. They, well, don't, they don't have the intelligence. That, that's the thing. They, they yeah. don't know otherwise. That's right. They're, I'm surprised. So it actually brings into question the early comment: we don't have uh, laws. We don't have. Yeah, how would they understand no what they are? No laws. If they've yet. never read. How do they know what laws are? That's right. So yeah. anyway, he said there are no laws. They're just there. But if you've just... never been taught what a law is, you wouldn't know what a law is. Oh, there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole discussion. Um, uh, during the next scene, next couple of scenes, uh, the, the, you see these funnels, yeah, which appear to sort of lead down to the Morlocks place, the little their little. Because yeah, I'm thinking he wants to get down yeah, there. He, he hears wants, things. He, hears... he wants to find another way in to get his machine. Yeah, and he hears this this machine movement. Weenie, you hear that? Yes. Machines? No, Morlocks. Wait, you mean those animals run machines? They are Morlocks. But have you ever seen the machines? No, only heard of them. Well, who told you? The rings. Now, that's an interesting little part. Where I'm thinking we watch the Lord of Rings now. Yeah. <laughs> well, these rings turn out to be their little vocal encyclopedia. Yeah. She, so she takes the ring. this weird little yeah, yeah. room where these rings and you spin it like a 20-cent coin on a table and it gives you an audio playback. The war between the East and West, which is now in its 326th year, has at last come to an end. There is nothing left to fight with and few of us left to fight. The atmosphere has become so polluted with deadly germs that it can no longer be breathed. There is no place on this planet that is immune. The last surviving factory for the manufacture of oxygen has been destroyed. Stockpiles are rapidly diminishing. And when they are gone, we must die. I like that because it's like a tape winding yeah. down, yeah. you know, the batteries on a, on a cassette deck. That was not in the in the book. Ah, okay. That was... Well, a, obviously, that was yeah. A, an, a part of the movie that they made up, and it was a, another the whole another, ring thing. You mean? Yeah, the yeah, rings okay. weren't in the book. The rings were. It's like a tool to deliver information. Yeah, you know, like a more exposition. Yes. So that was a way for them to find out about the wars and how everything had happened yeah. and how everything. Because he changed. listens to a couple of them. Here's another yeah, one, which is that's a bit right. Here's and then and then he 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 learns about how the world evolved and also learns the truth about the Morlocks from the talking rings. I learned how the human race divided itself and how the world of the Eloi and the Morlocks began. By some awful quirk of fate, the Morlocks had become the masters and the Eloi their servants. 
The Morlocks maintained them and bred them like... like cattle, only to take them below when they reached maturity, which explained why there were no older people among them. So that, mm. that explains it. Yeah. But you still don't quite get the picture it until make he goes into the Sphinx. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. But this is this is where the air raid siren it does. goes off. Yeah, and they all they all head in, so they all like sort of wherever zombie, they are. They turn into zombies. They literally just zone yeah. out, well, go think, dead inside, and you, walk towards the the siren. Do you remember what happened in nineteen sixty six? Remember when he said, "Oh, the siren, you got to go underground." Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of like they've it's been trained all through history that you hear that you go underground, and, and we find yeah. out that that's actually that's exactly a part of it from what the they've rings done. Too. What is wrong? There is nothing wrong. It is all clear. What do you mean, all clear? All clear. The middle 1900s, the falling bombs, the people calling out, all, all clear. No, that's gone, that's past. There are no more flying machines, no more bombs, no more wars. The rings have told us that story. But you didn't listen. You didn't learn anything. It was ages ago that men were, were taught to hide below the ground when the sirens blew, to, to run from the reigning death, but it's over. Those men are dead. The men who slaughtered them are dead. It's very good because you realise now that this kind of story of yeah. uh, bunkers, yep. air raid shelters, and mm. wars, and sort destruction... Of has, it's aligned like a, itself with the earlier part of I don't think we're allowed to say it anymore, but like a Chinese whispers, over the years, it's yeah. kind of diverted itself and become this, well, when the siren goes off, some people are going to go in there and never that. come back. The rest of you are going to be okay. That's it's it. all clear. Now, the next, this weird. next section of the movie, not it's much pretty, not pretty much, not much in terms of uh, audio, but there's a lot of the action that happens. Like George yep. climbs down to the Morlocks. You've got to remember... During the siren, Wiener was He's in lost there. Wiener. Wiener's yeah, so Wiener's in. inside now. And he's now he's thinking, I've got all to get in out on Wiener. Oh, yeah. He's, that sounds uh, wrong. He fancies Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> so he's thinking, you know what? I've got to try help these people. Yeah. And so he heads down there and finds out that the Morlocks, and they're pretty gruesome looking, oh, you, yeah. you noticed. They're green and they've got like big heads and yeah, glowing they're, they're eyes and big teeth. Lumpa, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they they don't like fire, fire. or bright light. And he, so he they, had a match. They can't he had stay, a matchbox, yes. which he used in different he just times. Just one match, and it like blinded them. And so yeah. then he, I think he used. That's why they only come out at night. That's right. Yeah. Um. He he makes a torch that he uses to kind of fend yeah. them off. And so this he gets in a fight with them. Yeah. This is like a big battle here. So yeah. he starts fighting them to help the, the Eloy escape. Um. Now in when they were making this movie, Rod Taylor is six feet tall. Right. So they. They wanted to make him appear larger. So yeah. what they did is they they got more the, the the Eloy and the Morlocks. The actors they got to play them were much shorter. Right. So they wanted him to be bigger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there were a lot of shorter actors that were cast for those roles. Interesting. So here we go. He actually manages to help them escape. Uh, he has a few uh, pretty pretty corny little wrestles and fights with him, with yeah, them all. I, you know, I didn't hate it. Yeah, at, at all. It and was I, funny, I can yeah. be cringe. I can cringe yeah. at the best of times, but I yeah. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a pretty yeah. pretty well done for the time. I think all, it was all right, given what they were working with. Absolutely. And I like it how when he gets back to the surface, he immediately is like, let's just gather the wood, throw wood in yeah. there, and let's then burn it because, down because they started a fire downstairs. And, and he said, "Right, let's get it, get he, into he, it." He started a fire using fuel, which wasn't obvious that it was fuel when he walked past it the first time. Yeah, he tapped. What do you mean the pot. wood? The wood? You mean 
Oh, no, you mean the? Oh, he sorry, tapped this yes. pipe as he went in. There was yes. flowing water out of it, but yes. it turns out it's not water. It was because he sets fire yes, to it. It's fuel right. of some sort. Yeah, or well, the machinery has to run on something. I it? guess so, right? Yeah, right? But you don't think about that. And so the fuel is now burning. He set fire to oh, it. Yeah. Now he just throws in all the wood. Destroys and you get this, it. This uh, Top Gun Maverick style explosion, explosion and the sort of the ground, ground collapses yes. and the the uh, the Sphinx is all broken and mm. uh, that he he just has destroyed their whole habitat. Yeah. And here's the point, I think, where he's liberated Weena too, of course. So liber- they have this sort of tender moment where she's curious, is, well, how, would I, how would it be if I was in your time? And you know, and then he says something about her hair and they they wear it up and would I be beautiful? And yeah, there's, yeah, like a, yeah. there's a moment. They have a moment. It's a lovely moment. Yeah. Uh, and the he's interrupted by the Eloy who show them that the building where his time machine were they dragged into mm. has been destroyed and yeah. he and he sees the doors open the and he sees his time up, machine and and he get he goes straight to yeah. it um he's calling for Weena but there's this moment of pause yeah where she's like torn do I do I go with do this I go strange or stay? man in his yeah, machine yeah. or stay and her decision is she clearly makes the decision to go, but too late. Yeah, the Doors door closed. shuts. Yeah, I know. He's filthy. He's he's he can't get to her, she can't get to him, but there's more locks there. Yeah. So, so he's he, now got to battle them again. He's fighting them again and jumps in the machine and then oh, did you like it when he knocked out one of the Morlocks, he was in the corner, he went into the future, and then saw him decompose. De- decompose. So. And then he realised, hang on a minute, yeah, why am I going way. forward? Got to get back. They, they reverse decompose him. <laughs> yeah, so so I actually I actually yeah. really like the mm. those, that time lapse and the time yeah. lapse in the start of the candle and stuff. I thought that was a really was good yeah. use of filmmaking to show for the time. time. For the time, it was great. Yeah, but just to show yeah. time lapse. Literally so now, time lapse. Yeah. So now he's thinking, well, I'm going the wrong way. I've got to head back to the past. Yeah. And so he, he yanks that lever down and gets back to where he started from. Now, so my favourite where... part of this, though, yeah. my literal favourite part of this movie is that he does not end up where he started. No, because, because he's he in the did, yard. Yeah, because yeah. it was moved by the Morlocks. That's right. I, I went, yes. oh, please don't end up back in your no. little, little, little room. And he didn't. Well, that's important. Yeah. I was so glad of that. Because I just feel like that's the kind yeah. of thing, like you mentioned with Back to the Future. Yeah. You stuff that up. He was faithful to it. You yeah. fundamentally yeah. ruin the whole space-time continuum. And so he ends up, where, so he started in his lab. He ends up out in the garden. ends up out in the garden. So it's like about like 10, 15 metres away. Smashes the window, opens the door, yeah. drags the thing Gets back in. in there. And he's back home. And he's uh, there. Now he's about to tell his story again. Well, it's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Absolutely preposterous. Well, there's one thing I'll say for old George. You always could tell a good yarn. <laughs> you're a truly great inventor, George. I think you ought to retire. Uh, truthfully, George, where have you been the past week? <laughs> now, you shouldn't ask such questions, Walter. It's not hard for a man to lose a little weak now and again. <laughs> I can understand your doubt, my friends. Take it as a lie if you wish. I scarcely believe it myself now that I'm back. David, there's the flower Weena gave me. I mean, it was in his pocket. Mm. David, a present for you. You were always interested in botany. Try and match that with any species known today. Don't think I can. So that's proof. That's a bit of proof. Uh, that, that's exactly it. He, yeah. he. So that's the first point where Philby's like, oh, yeah. "Hang on a minute. Yeah. I think, I think he might be right." Whereas yeah. the others are like, "Mate, seriously, drop off, have another drink." You yes. know, and and that's disheartening for George. He's just endured over yeah. the course of five days. He's endured crazy stuff, 
But and Philby always was the one who had faith in him, that that, that believed him. But the great thing is, yeah. George already knows that. Yeah. So George already knows that yes. because he's been to, he's the, been future, to the future, which and is he why he gives he him that flower. He That's essentially it. his way of saying, mate, yeah, I know great. you're going to believe me, so this is it. Anyway, he's uh, they all leave, and yep. I like how Philby says, oh, hang on, he comes back inside and... Because his instinct is, I better check that he's actually... Check he's okay and see what he's up to. But then he hears the time machine start again. I think I understand. You see the imprint? This is where the time machine originally stood. But the Moorlocks moved it. They dragged it across the lawn, right into the Sphinx, right there. And Weena was standing here. When he last saw her, right here, the same space in a different time. So he dragged his heavy machine back in here, scratching the floor, so that he could appear outside the Sphinx again and help the Eloy build a new world. Good on you, Philby. So he get it. He I'm got such it. Such a fan he, of he Philby in that yeah. moment, you know. Such a dedication to his mate. And I really like that. Oh, absolutely. And I like how, again, I love how the end is the beginning, you know, how they, they started it, and the similar line that he uses right at the death, right at the end of the movie as well. Mr. Philby, do you think he'll ever return? One cannot choose but wonder. You see, he has all the time in the world. Hmm. Which is right. So good. A couple of little, couple of interesting, I, I like these lines because of, I just like it the way they said. They've got the young guy, one of the Eloy. This is one of his one of his lines. Well, you 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 mean you have an economy so well developed that you can you can spend all your time um, studying and experimenting? Is that right? You ask many questions. <laughs> <laughs> you ask many questions. Uh, and I love too when he's explaining to Wiener what used to be. He goes, "My lab was here." And you see there. From there up to those panels was my laboratory. And then beyond the panels was where my garden used to be. And right there, that was my library. Where I once sat talking with friends about the time machine. Sort of looking, it's almost like he's proud of showing off where he yeah. used to live. Yeah. Okay. How, uh, rather than plot holes, there are a couple, but let's talk book v. film. Okay, yeah, I'm now, really interested in this. In the movie, uh, the Eloy were these blondes, a bit mm. older, teenagers. Yep. Bowl cuts, yep. yeah. In the book, they were very skinny children. Ah. So they decided if they if that was in the movie, the George and Wiener interaction. Might be a bit awkward. Yeah, a little bit. Might, yeah. not, might not go down that path. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think we mentioned this before. The novel didn't predict World War One or two. That was uh, added yeah. for to because the so the what, what, movie had a real anti-war tone to it, right? Yeah. So in the novel, that wasn't there. I'll explain was, what was there. Okay. But in the movie, they thought, let's. Well, we know. No, it's nineteen sixty. They know there were two wars beforehand. So let's go down that path. Okay. Fair enough. The novel's theme. Was more about like the, the movie was anti-war and look what you did to the, the place. You know, look of, what happened. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the novel was more which about, makes sense in the sixties, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Sort of time of the Cold War and all that happening, right? Yeah. But in the book, 
It's more about inequality, social inequality, the classes and how then when you see the Morlocks, you know, and they, they're oppressing the Eloy and it's that a, it's was It's an over-representation more... of the class. Yeah. So it's that was sort of... An, uh, an inflamed yeah. um, like dual-class dual system. It, it took the, the social divide to an extreme. So the Eloy yeah, yeah. and the Morlock, that, that Which, was kind of more the yeah. theme of the, of the book. Interesting. Yeah. Now, um, one little plot hole that if the Eloy had, because they 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 seemed they seemed to be emotionless. It yeah. was like they were bred to have no emotion, That's just right. to be really you know. Except vacant. for like one dude, she tries to pull a bit of emotion out of him at one point. I think. Yeah, well, I think um, would Weiner have screamed if when she fell in the river? If she they're trained not to be emotion to, to have no emotion. it's uh, a good question. You know, yeah. and. Um, there would also that you hear a lot of laughing and giggling and as well. Are they? Is that what they're meant to do? I think maybe it? emotion's the wrong word. Then maybe yeah. it's just care or empathy or something. Yeah, that, maybe that's maybe. probably the thing that's lacking. Uh, the other plot hole we mentioned when when the atomic bomb goes off, uh, George is left just uh, for unscathed. Fine, Even yeah. the garden, everything around him is unscathed. Yeah. Things you might not know: uh, George Powell, the director, had planned to do a sequel to the movie. Submitted a few scripts, but they were all rejected by MGM. Wow. Didn't do it. Now, remember the little miniature version? Yep. First thing I thought was I would love to have that. Oh, my that, God. That, that prop, real prop. That prop would be amazing. Why, well, tell me. George Powell had it. It was destroyed <gasps> in a fire. Oh. His home burnt down, and so did no. that prop. But the full-size time machine was sold at the MGM studio auction in 1971 in the same, that same auction sold the time machine. There were also the Ruby slippers from wizard of Oz was wow. in that same auction. So pretty, pretty big. The winner of the auction was, uh, the owner of a traveling show. So he, and he's used never the been prop. seen since <laughs> five years later, the prop was found in a thrift store in orange County. Can you believe that? Imagine stumbling on that. The time machine from the time machine. Imagine that. So the the bloke who bought it, the film historian Bob Burns, bought it, would you believe, for $1,000. He bought it and restored it Mm. using the blueprints from George Powell, who when they built it for the film, he got those blueprints and restored it back to its original original quality. That's awesome. Few did you notice? Funny, you know, because I'm not a massive movie memorabilia person, but that little model. Oh, mate, I'd would have, be I'd worth have gone thousands. That. They'd be worth millions if that was still around. Did you notice? Remember the plaque on yes. the uh, on yep. the control panel of the time machine? Mm. Did you notice it? It's H- red, manufactured by H. George, George Wells. Wells. Yes, who is the author of H. the novel? Wells, yeah. But in the novel, the main character is referred to not by name as the, the time traveller. Ah. They don't name him. Really? And in the movie, they called him George. I, I, after H.G. I Wells. noticed that, and then there was somewhere else uh, it said H. George Wells. Yeah, the, and, I think the plaque in the garden. And I yeah. I just thought, that's a really lovely yeah. tip of the hat to the author, because I'm assuming it wasn't in the yeah, book. It yeah, was, right. yeah, I think his name was Herbert George Wells. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, another did you notice, uh, if you're quite observant, based on you know, how the heaps of clocks in the yeah, scene, yeah. Based on all of that, yeah. it took George an hour and a half to tell his story. Because remember, they, I think it was eight, and they... it was like nine thirty. They changed oh, the, yeah. like that's took an hour and a half. Detail if they did that, yeah, to, to, that's brilliant to change to tell the story. No, it's there. You check it. You can check it. Uh, in uh, nineteen sixty six, remember when he stops in the future? Hmm. Now, how's this for predicting the future as well? 
the they had a shot of a display. Remember how the storefront? And one of the storefronts said the latest tubeless TV. Oh, I know, I saw that. that. Yes. So and they it was kind all, of almost a flat they predicted TV. the flat screen TV. Yeah. 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 That's yes. 1960. That's pretty that's good. Eh? In 1960, they thought it was yeah. only six years away. It was pretty a little bit further, but they pretty did good well. Foresight. The dates in the movie: December 31, 1899 is where it yeah. starts. January 5, 1900 is where is where he comes dinner. back to tell the story. September 13, 1917. June 19, 1940. August 19, 1966, and October 12, 802, Wow. There you have it. That is The Time Machine, mate. Give me your wrap-up and rating. I mean, I think you probably know that it's not really my vibe, right? Yeah. It's a 9 out of 10 for me, mate. I loved it. Boom. I loved it. Boom. I really did. <laughs> that's I really that's did. Awesome. I really enjoyed it because like, – it's, it's a 9 for me too. I was so engrossed in the concept, in the story, that the yeah. – the, the foibles of effects didn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. It was a great yeah, story. Wow. Really it was a bit far fetched, the whole Morlock thing, but yeah. it was understandable to make the point. Yeah. And I, so I accepted that. And I'm not normally one for uh, moral, you know, storytelling, you yeah. know, trying to make a point Have stuff. a message, yeah. But I liked the message. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I liked the idea yeah. that. How we can be very destructive. Yeah. yeah. War like. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of movies like that. Yeah. There's a movie in a few weeks we're doing that is exactly like that. Okay. That's even older than this. Oh, come on, mate. Yeah. Mate, one of the best movies. It's in my top 10 movies ever. You're not going to tell us. No, ne- well, next week we're doing Ronan, which stars Robert De Niro. You are, yeah. Ronan okay. uh, stars Robert De Niro. So just to be clear, nine out of 10 for you for the time yes. machine. I'm a nine as well. Yeah. Next week we're doing Ronan, which stars Robert De Niro, Jean Reno, who was in. Um, who was in? I can't remember the, the one with the uh, Na- with young Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah, it was um, a Leon yeah, the professional. professional, and uh, Sean Bean, who was in. You're not a Game of Thrones fan. He was. Um, he was a star. You had in, me at De Niro, mate. So yeah. we're okay. Directed by John Frankenheimer, who knows a thing or two. Now, Ronan is not an English word. Okay. What language is it? Oh, is it Jesus. a Chinese, Italian, Japanese, or German? You know why I'm locking this in? Why Chinese. No. no. So I'm just locking it from Jap- DJ. Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the Ronin. Yeah. It's it's Japanese. Okay. It means a samurai without a master. Wow. And you'll find out why it's called oh. Ronin because oh. it's uh it's a great action movie. You've never seen this, have you? Have you even heard of it? No idea. Ronin, great no. movie. It came out nothing. in came out, I think, in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, great movie. Okay. Good action movie. Great cast. Yeah, you're going to love that. But I'm really happy you liked The Time Machine. I did. That I was really a gamble. That was a big gamble, mate. Big gamble. From the thumbnail through to the opening <laughs> scenes, it was a gamble. But uh, it paid off, mate. It really awesome. paid off. Awesome. I'm really happy. You've made me happy. That's great. We, we hope you all enjoyed The Time Machine. And we look forward to you joining us next week for Ronan, which is a tremendous action movie. You're going to love it. So, uh, Trev, we're glad you love the time machine. Hoping you enjoy Ronan next week. Bring it on. Cheers.